1: House Lights Down, welcome to the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching postmortem. We're back. <laughs> yeah, we're back.
0: Missed everybody. Um,
1: Jim was just having technical difficulties, which is his favorite thing. <laughs> and it reminds me so much as we're going into this 10th anniversary year of um, days in which he was very responsible for technical difficulties.
0: <laughs> yeah. So our old timers will remember on our website where we post sermons from the previous Sunday. Fairly often, the sermon recording would be a re-recording by me.
1: That was so s- be-
0: silly. Because the- I don't know
1: who would listen to your... Who did listen to your sermon re-recordings when... It's just not the same when you're, like, reciting it to a mic. I, I don't think you have the same verve.
0: I completely agree. <laughs> it
1: was pretty verveless to have to... I should have been in the... I should have been in the Mystery Science Theater box. <laughs> <laughs> Which is what I get to do now. I agree. I get to, uh, I don't even listen to mystery science theater. That is like the dumbest show, the dumbest show to me. I don't understand. I mean, I like being the one commentating. Maybe it's just, I don't like the like puppets. I don't like the particular commentary. It's kind of
0: stupid to me. I know for a fact that at least a couple of our Howlin' Wolves really like mystery science theater. Like I do. (laughs) Um,
1: that's disappointing guys. (laughs) Anyway, let's jump in here. It is uh, the context of this sermon. I think is this ten year mark. We've been doing this for ten years. We have been. Or you
0: have. Yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let let's save most of the tenth reflections. Oh for my next gosh,
1: week. this is like the <laughs> intro. I was trying to like okay intro true. like yeah. wind it up like yep. set the context for both this sermon and for the fact like people might be listening and not know that like. We're about to celebrate 10 years on this weekend. It is a
0: big weekend. Sorry, I cut you off. Go ahead.
1: (laughs) So like if we saved it for next week, then like all those people who could have come who aren't going to come now because we didn't promote it enough. That's right. (laughs) Helen Wolves
0: come to either our anniversary banquet or our 10th anniversary service next Sunday morning. The banquet's on Saturday afternoon. And I'm particularly excited for the Sunday service because we are going to have a first-time liturgist.
1: Ooh! Oh, wait! <laughs> I did I ever officially say that I would do that?
0: I took it as a yes, but you know, you still have time to back out. <laughs> Speechless.
1: I think, yeah, that's gonna be the issue—speechlessness
0: the, like, <laughs> of me. It'll be written out. Be um, great.
1: I feel like more and more, I've gotten, I've gotten less and less able to be like a public speaker since my teaching days. It's it's just oh, more, anger. I like being behind the mic on <laughs> these like podcast walls. Yep. Anyway, um let's jump into this sermon. Uh and really genuine, the context was of this sermon was like you've been ramping up, you've been really busy meeting mm-hmm. with other pastors and you're preaching a preaching a uh, redo again. What do you call them?
0: Microwave. Yeah. A reheat.
1: The Leftovers, which was really another terrible show, but... I like that one, too. <laughs> um, Reheating this sermon, what were you What were you thinking as you were approaching the revamp of this particular passage? So I was in
0: Oklahoma City last week and didn't have a normal amount of time for sermon prep. I think this sermon actually, um, which kicked off a summer series 2018 on different aspects of the worship service, so... Mm-hmm. This was a sermon both about worship in general, but a little bit about the call to worship Plus, And then there were sermons about confession of sin, Lord's Supper, singing, which I really enjoyed singing and musical, the musical aspect of worship and some others. And you remember when in our previous church in Lubbock, I would use a sermon series that I'd preached at Church of the Demer, our first church, as a backup and it was Habakkuk. So
1: that I thought was so dumb. I, I
0: did a sermon series on Habakkuk at the first church, but then when I needed a backup periodically, a rewrite, reheat in Lubbock, I would use Habakkuk and it would just be a periodic mm-hmm. sermon series. My friends still talk about how much the they enjoyed the, the, the Habakkuk series. Uh, so so I, I do like this little series. Maybe I'll use it as like the. For a while, when before Jay Leno took over for Johnny Carson, he was given the oxymoronic title "permanent guest host." Maybe <laughs> this will be my permanent <laughs> guest serving series. It does we'll not.
1: See. It's not as, as not as catchy as "hobackup." <laughs> did Did Richard come up with that? Coin that one? Uh, probably. Yeah. I'm just I'm curious. <laughs> anyway, and why don't you preach on that? Why aren't you using "hobackup"? That's too far too far down the uh, road.
0: This This will relate to Helen Wolf Scott's question at the end of the podcast. There, there is no sermon audio extant from the sermons, and if I don't have sermon audio, I cannot reconstruct the sermon from my notes. So they're old, gone, old
1: forever. dad, old man. Um, okay.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was true even so, when I was younger.
1: So, so the context of this, as you're as you're going into this passage, you were you were kind of saying, but then you were just saying you were in. Using this as a backup. Yeah. This was the context of um, Call to Worship. Mm-hmm. And tell us more about this specific passage.
0: Ah, Sun Studios, Presence of the Lord. Yeah, thinking about worship, it's one of those things where Christians spend a lot of time on doing Sundays, and we put a lot of church resources into Sundays. So part of the big picture idea here was I like this sermon originally, like the series, and probably not the worst idea in the world to occasionally do a refresh on why we do what we do on Sunday mornings and what it's all about. And then Psalm 115M is just a classic, classic psalm used in a variety of contexts in ancient Israel, but including, I, I've i always treated in my own mind, the first verse, not to us, Lord, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and faithfulness. That's a great call to worship, kind mm-hmm. of a an opening kind of like the title card, the opening fanfare to a movie, whether it's the like the 20th Century Fox or the Marvel MCU fanfare. It's just a really great fanfare verse that puts front and center how worship, as with all of our lives, is not about us, but it's about giving glory to our Heavenly Father.
1: Mm -hmm. I see that. Um... Not so much the fanfare part, but <laughs> in terms of setting up the rest of the, the psalm or mm-hmm. the rest of the concept, um, that makes yeah. sense to me. Yeah. Um,
0: and the, there really isn't a whole lot challenging about this psalm. Just a couple of comments, and we can skip ahead to mudding the waters. It, it is interesting. There is, after the first couple of verses... These snark about idols, mm-hmm. expose of idols, silver and gold made by human hands. They have mouths but cannot speak, eyes but cannot see. There, there are a couple of passages in this second part of Isaiah. I forget exactly where. Maybe Isaiah. It's after chapter forty. Isaiah forty-four around there, where where there's a longer passage about how idols are just kind of dumb mm-hmm. because human beings make them, but then they worship them as gods. So yeah. you you create the idols, but then you worship them. This creator, which as I think about it, is part of Paul's critique of idolatry and the world gone wrong in Romans 1. Worship and serve created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. So that idol expose is actually not super typical in Psalms. It's more germane to prophetic and wisdom literature, but always fun that it's here. Mm -hmm. And then finally, I was reminded that Psalm 115 is used in Jewish Passover liturgies. Hmm which gave a really nice, in in every sermon, whether it's Old Testament or New Testament, but especially Old Testament, it can be a little more challenging. How do you bring the psalm forward, or the psalm or the text, Old Testament, forward to Jesus, if Jesus really is the fulfillment of everything that God has said, center of the story? Uh, The way that I did it in the sermon, which was kind of fun, was to say, hey, Jesus actually, most probably, said this very psalm on the night he was betrayed. Hmm, so mm-hmm. cool connection there.
1: Right. Um okay, well moving to muddying the waters then I don't have a
0: follow up. Sorry. You're looking at <laughs> no, me that's... like,
1: were you even listening to the sermon? <laughs> no, it's fine, it's good. We
0: we are in <laughs> a little bit of a clock, lots of extra tenth anniversary stuff going on, so we're speeding through a little bit, Allen Wolves. Uh,
1: yeah. Um so what as you were trying to engage um, our audience um congregation our congregation you were pointing out the fans
0: fanboys <laughs> Fan
1: you do have them i don't know why but uh the your cringe comedy that you were just talking about um the idols and and hitting that um yeah. it is always interesting to think about idolatry i feel like outside of a christian circle It doesn't, like, I I think that Christians hear the idol and kind of can jump specifically to, like, idols of the heart and that kind of thing. But I think that in regular culture, we, not regular, I don't know. Uh, I don't know what the word is. Um, Secular? I don't Mm -hmm. know. The idea of having idols that you worship can be construed as, like, what Christians are doing. Like, Mm -hmm. that, Ah, that God or Jesus or Mary or... Uh, going to church, physically going and acting in worship, that those are the same, like we're just talking to something that doesn't hear. Um, I don't know. Yeah. That's like, that's what, how do you engage that context thinking about idolatry specifically?
0: Yeah. I think people, including Christians that have, have deconverted, that's part of their deconversion story where Mm -hmm. they were putting all of this time effort, energy and money into a lot of things Christian wise, but including Sunday mornings, Mm -hmm. but there's actually no God that you're singing to and there's no Jesus that you're praying to. So yeah, the critique of idolatry from Psalm 115 can be used by non-Christians of Christians. But I think that, I think the response is that everyone worships, Anyway, Mm -hmm. so So there's the theological, philosophical, logical question, does God exist? Is the resurrection of Jesus real? But then there's a heart disposition angle Mm -hmm. that, and this was one of the classic things that Tim Keller brought to New York City when he planted Redeemer, talking to those post-secular New England yuppies Mm -hmm. who think that Christianity has nothing for them, including worship. Uh, But Keller would say, well, okay, you say that you don't worship anything, but this was in the 90s, but don't you worship your career? Don't you worship, isn't that why you work 180 hours a week as a young New Yorker? Isn't that why you need money so badly? Isn't that why you're so concerned about your own career, success, appearance, etc.? Those are worshipful dispositions of the heart. And so in the beginning of the sermon, I just, or the first part of the sermon, what worship assumes uh, the Bible assumes that everybody worships and whether Mm -hmm. it was classic Tim Keller that I received on cassette tapes back in the day it was an emphasis in seminary when I went to Westminster Seminary especially in the counseling department idols of the heart are one of the major categories that they use for counseling CCEF and then also and it was really influential with our parenting style when our kids were younger, Shepherding a Child's Heart by Mm -hmm. Ted Tripp, et cetera, also uses a lot of those. The concept that even
1: your three-year-olds can be worshiping something. Yeah. Yeah. That is not, right, that is not God. Yeah, so 20 years in,
0: kind of the the question is, do I still believe, well, I guess you could say, do I still believe any of this? Uh, And the answer is absolutely yes. But then also, do I still believe in the power and efficacy of... You know, idolatry is one biblical image, one biblical metaphor. There could be plenty of others that could be used. Why why so much emphasis on this one? I think it speaks missionally across the divide between Christians and non-Christians to cast a vision of hearts constantly worshiping. So I th- I still think it has missional evangelistic payoff. Mm-hmm. But then also, I just think it's true. Right. Whether it's an adult doing something that the adult should not do or a kid taking a toy from a sibling mm-hmm. we our are hearts already yeah, right? we're worshiping idols so yeah right. i wanted to spend time exploring that and then to say hey identify the idols and worship the one true god instead right and
1: then identify like i think you're trying to engage the context that's the next step like okay so all of us do have idols that we worship but yeah. why is christian worship healthy yeah so yeah what's the answer to that one
0: Worship of the one true God in Christ is the only type of worship that gives to you and doesn't take from you. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: All the other idols are going to let you down. They're going to leave you high and dry, and you'll either become, uh, feel superior or shattered. So if you're at the top of the heap, if you you worship money but then get it, you'll think you're better than everyone else, or if you don't have enough, you'll be shattered by it Mm -hmm. and, and so on. But Jesus... Rehumanizes us and doesn't dehumanize us. Yeah, I, I still believe, still believe all that all that s- stuff is true. And yeah, a, a couple other things related. It was fun to return, and this is something that I do talk about a lot about power of story. I think mm-hmm. I even mentioned in a sermon recently that that's one of my most frequent yep. note taking. Storylines. Mm-hmm. The worship is a place where we remember the. True story of the world in Christ, and it's worship that activates that story for us when we remember who we are, where we're going, who Jesus is, and all of that. And I did mention in the sermon as well, and this is part of what I retained from from 2018. There's a lot of the time when I go back and listen to old sermons of mine, and when I say, oh, I wish I hadn't said it that way," uh-huh. but but this was one of the exceptions where I said, "Oh, oh that that was really great." <laughs> <laughs> that was a great idea, the, the, this whole idea of, in this cultural moment, how we are story-rich and story-poor at the same time, mm-hmm. we're story-saturated, story-suffused, where we're surrounded by voices that are increasingly more snippets, and I, I mentioned technology, I, I want to be careful not to just slag on social media and TikTok like a, to, just to be okay boomer the, the, the whole time. But it, it's been studied by psychologists, sociologists, that as a world, our attention spans are getting tinier and tinier and tinier. So there's a fragmentation that comes from that. But then with the bombardment of stories, there's also the pressure all the time to self-define, 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 and don't let any story attach itself to you mm-hmm. that you don't 100% choose yourself, which is, right. which is new in the history of the world where this Definitional pressure is on us all, mm-hmm. all the time, and so we're we're kind of pinballing between tons of stories all the time, versus uh, what is our story? Right, right. After after all, and um, yeah, lean lean into that.
1: Yeah, and I think that the that ultimate um, story that you laid out that we are made in God's image, created in God's image. Um, Radically messed up, but having identity in Christ like that is the story that may gives the most freedom Mm -hmm. Whereas if I like just create a story about myself as a photographer like there's like aspects that um, I'm not living up to so that may like that just the world view doesn't I'm not always like a mother I'm I'm not always the perfect mother Um, so there's disappointment there but like being able to rest in this grace of like knowing your worth as God's yeah. child and then the reality of sin but then the the um, promise of redemption that's not in your hands is really great
0: yeah that part of the sermon I think was a little bit I, I think it was a part a part of the part part of the rewrite I am increasingly convinced and I think I mentioned the phrase biblical anthropology which mm-hmm. is a nerd phrase the Bible's view of humanity is crucial for a time like this where if you don't have that, hey, we're awesome, but we're also radically fallen and sinful, all these other worldviews will go off the rails in one Mm -hmm. direction or or another. So stereotypically, a culture or a nation that has a really, really poor record with human rights up to the present day, Mm -hmm. you're you're denigrating the image of God and other people because you're trashing him, right and and not not upholding their worth nobility and dignity but then on the other hand i think in the late modern west it's you create zero, your identity zero if, right. horizon if and- your
1: identity is is not perfect then like then you you come crashing down and feel terrible if you've like created a fake image or identity that you're not living up to then you like crash into yeah like, like feeling like everyone else is great but you're not.
0: Yeah, better walk on the better walk on the tightrope, and and if you're, if you ever have the thought that you're nothing less than absolutely spectacular and special all the time, there must be something deeply wrong with you. So, it is a it is a razor's edge to try to walk, and then finally the one of the things and that was talked about in Oklahoma City last week by one of the pastors was not in a necessarily go to the creation museum to see a replica of noah's ark but still christians need to recall in this cultural moment a robust creational theology for various reasons but that includes god made us mm-hmm. and so i uh, i didn't get a lot of laughs when when i said hey the blue ridge mountains of, of virginia have nothing on going up the jersey <laughs> to, to new york I, I, I was
1: like, I, I actually, I. It took a pause for did, me. Did, did I think you think, phrased it wrong because, yeah, like, it, it, when it you was go in the, the turnpike to, dry. yeah, the turnpike to like New York, when you're saying mountains, it actually makes you think Catskills and like, yeah. I, right. you could yeah, be I arguing of, that, I, that I, the I Catskills, that like, I mean, I, I. Was actually surprised at like how much I liked the Blue Ridge Mountains because yeah. we've go to the Catskills, the and the Poconos.
0: Poconos,
1: but uh, yeah, the Blue Ridge Mountains are actually better. Like they actually are more beautiful. <laughs> like from a, at least the area we were in. Um, the the yeah, Poconos and the gorgeous. Catskills, you're just on top, and, uh, but the the Blue Ridge Mountains have like the rolling waves of mountains, right. and so you feel. It feels really great. I, I don't know why we haven't been down here. It's not oh, that far. It's, yeah. Anyway, forces, <laughs> stop guys. singing. Um, so, yeah, you, the idea of worship bringing us into, or like God's creation, bring us into worship makes sense too. Yeah. I think for yeah many religions also, not even just Christianity, but there is something True. real, like real about thinking about creation and, and that tethering you back to the idea of a creator yeah
0: it's built into the word creation implies creator
1: mm-hmm. for sure um do Language. you have more to say or should we should we rush on to barman cover um I, do you only read like you only read like 10 people like david foster wallace again yeah. i don't know maybe you haven't quoted him for a while I mean, uh, this might be the I've, decade I've been... speaking again where...
0: yeah
1: anyway do you like have a you, you have data analytics about how often you mention authors <laughs>
0: <laughs> Pat has those. I'll have to ask him. But yeah, so so David Foster Wallace, especially in the late 2010s, I was deep diving. His, I see. So you were. His he was in He
1: was but, in your rewrite.
0: Yeah, or yeah, he he was in the original, mm-hmm. and I I read a lot of anti Wright in that in that same period too. Mm-hmm. So maybe I quote those guys a little bit less now. Not that I have huge issues with either of them, but. You know, I, I gotta keep myself on my toes, stay current and interested.
1: You referenced um the tenth anniversary of, of Liberty Harrisburg and uh-huh. um your impact on the pastor preaching his second sermon.
0: <laughs> yeah, Matt Matt made what I thought was a joke that I started laughing at and then quickly realized. It How was often not a joke. does
1: that happen? How often do you laugh at things that aren't actually jokes?
0: Quite often <laughs> <laughs> let let, let me amend that it was a joke to me so it was my truth baby (laughs) okay
1: um and then you were you had that uh sly reference with the what's that what's the deal with did I I think so I wrote what's the deal with Oh. All, the, oh, all the folders, not the math thing. That was the like. Right. And why are worship, why are bulletins called folders? Like, I still <laughs> have a thing about that. Like, that's one of my biggest, like. Maybe, maybe uh, we'll change uh, that for the next Do you understand what folder means? Why why are, why are we calling it a worship folder? It is literally not a folder. It's folded paper, I guess? I, I, I don't get it. Okay.
0: Um, Noted.
1: The nostalgia of people who who keep full, our worship bulletins, yes, um, is is a nice recall.
0: We are. I think I mentioned in another podcast uh, we have a stack of like super super old worship folders in our basement. That, assuming they're not moldy, we're gonna. Oh, you to should the, bring it out even if they of. are moldy. <laughs> are While
1: we're at it, could you just clean our basement for us? <laughs> Be nice. Get the original um. setup team to do that. <laughs> That's a reference to the or John, one of John Travis's five golden things. Yeah, memories. One of the five. Um, what else did you reference?
0: Let's see. So the only quotes were David Foster <coughs> Wallace about worship, and he write about worship. Have Have you seen the movie Office Space? I mentioned that briefly. No. No. Nope. Do, do you know I the Flair reference from nope. Office Space? Jennifer nope. Aniston. Our nope. Our daughter Jessie, is going through. Friends. Yes, on, yes, she is on Peacock, and so Jennifer, Jennifer Aniston is a part of my life once again, <laughs> Go, going back to <laughs> uh, Also, the Monty Python. Worship reference. and Monty Python. And also, i've never seen. Well, Helen wolves. Be thankful that on Sunday morning I didn't sing the. Yeah, let's be there. The jesus Domine. Oh my gosh. Dona eis requiem. Which is Latin. Have Why do you nods, like that Jesus. movie?
1: Why do people like that movie?
0: It's it's very male. I d I I don't know. I don't know that many women that are. I bet you'll get some python now friends. that you've said that. Hollows let us know if you're a female that likes multi python.
1: Um you referenced a a kid of ours that always says or says you literally asked me that yesterday. I feel like that could be referenced with each of our children. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure who you're referring to. Yep. Claire, Claire did look back at me when you said that, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> where did you get the term wifey? Is that a reference to something
0: I don't people know. saying wifey? Yeah,
1: it's kind of dumb.
0: Yeah, I, I, I try not to, as a general rule of thumb, uh, stereotype gender wise, but a wifey. Uh, I, but, but I felt like it was, uh, you know poking poking the bear of the patriarchy when I when I specifically made fun of husbands for, for, for I know, especially
1: that. when it's usually me that does it in our family <laughs> for God's uh, things. Uh, uh, oh, that's okay. worth thinking. Different time periods in different ways. Yeah, it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um Baseball analytics it's all I got.
0: Yeah, I thought that was I thought that was funny. Oh, the, James the, Harden! The uh, hail, the hail in Oklahoma City, was so 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 violent that one of the things that baseball analytics studies is spin rate on breaking balls. There's
1: probably yeah. also actually weather analysts who do that to hail, literally.
0: One one <laughs> one funny thing in Oklahoma on, on this, uh, and let, let's just call it guitar slim pickings. Um, in in Oklahoma, the roof rooftop bar and restaurant it was a restaurant that had a rooftop and it was this horrible, horrible hailstorm rain that we were all huddled. It was a, about one third or only quarter covered. And so we were all packed just in the, uh, just into that little area. And it was a blast from the past time when we lived in West Texas, mm-hmm. there were a couple of like big screens above the bar that would normally play sports, but mm-hmm. they had, they had the weather, the weather forecast, the weather guy <laughs> constantly going and, and the, the Liberty crew really got into <laughs> this, watching the, the weather. this weatherman was just going at it like a beast. And, yeah, that's... and apparently he has a reputation for both good and ill for getting super excited when there's disastrous weather. But, <laughs> but, but I, did, I did embarrass myself uh, because it, it sat on top of Bob Mills' weather report. So the next night in OKC, nicer night, uh-huh. was, was with some other pastor's. In a backyard, and I said, "What's what's the deal with Bob Mills? Am I right? He's a crazy weatherman." And they're like, "What do you mean?" Uh, oh, so it's a The flower is, is brand. that furniture store? Okay. That was sponsored. <laughs> so I, I had this huge bit about Bob Mills, but then I was told afterwards, like, "Dude, his name is like blah blah yeah. blah." Yeah. I was like, oh, yeah.
1: Regional context.
0: Yep. Yeah. we great at those
1: pickup cues. Okay, so we're in Guitar Slim Pickins. Anything
0: else? Uh, the only other thing is our good friends Matt and Tara. Matt. His favorite verse of the Bible is "Not to us, Lord, not yeah. to us." Uh, non nobis, he, he knows it in Latin. Non nobis domine, non nobis. tui. Uh, sed... anyway, mm-hmm. Lord, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, and uh,
1: living it out, sacrificing as medical missionaries. That's right,
0: for the long term. And uh, Matt, um, we were at there. Engagement party, and I we guessed correctly. Matt was asked the question. It was like a dating game thing. If if Matt would get a tattoo, what would it be? And I guess the correct a- answer, corroborated by Matt, number one, Matt would not get a tattoo. Number two, it would be this first tattooed on his body. She <laughs> said, "So so much winning, so much winning." And you That's had
1: to fi- file it away because you knew him so well.
0: Um, any
1: yeah. any Helen Wolves.
0: Uh, two of them. So thank Wow. You, this is from a couple of weeks ago. But okay, we haven't we recorded a break, in, right? in a couple of weeks. Uh, Helen Wolf Maya, Jim and Emily, a couple weeks ago after the pod came on in my car, I felt super convicted that I needed to make a regular Wait, habit. Did
1: she say that? We already read that one.
0: I don't think we did. Really? You, you saw it, but I don't think we read oh, it. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, it's a good one. So we're all three weeks into the new habit. Oh. I really think we read it.
1: Hi Maya, I think your your message is so. I good, replied back gonna...
0: and said thanks so much for so much for this note and for tuning back in. We're taking a couple of weeks off due to okay, my travel schedule. maybe but you but did. I'll put this maybe the okay. Other okay. Side. okay. Okay, so uh, it's been something I've been looking forward to listening to, and t- typically accompanies me as I go for my daily walk. i really benefited from having a recap of the sermon to further drive home the point of the text that was covered that week. It's also fun to learn more detail. Just wanted to say thanks for doing it. Also to weigh in. To your debate about Bruce, I think this quote from this quote could help. This is when I was coping with my Bruce disappointment. Blessed is he who expects nothing, for he shall never be disappointed. Right, exactly. <laughs> Pretty sure that somewhere in Revelation. Good stuff, Maya. Glad you're right. listening. I wonder if the she she and at least one other Liberty Lady are going it right. Crochet, per <laughs> personal detail but yeah my I, I I look forward to hearing your concert report about the upcoming show that you were going to see so the also from Helen Wolf Scott yeah uh, a question about my super note
1: which oh my gosh super <laughs> which, note is which I loved is the, the biggest thing about the super note is that it really breaks Jim of any like anti-tech like aura he has around him and like <laughs> there's no way that like actually now like when i am asking for a nest thermometer it doesn't really make sense for you to just say i don't like technology
0: <laughs> that's true although
1: a nest thermometer would save you so much time
0: <laughs> you mean a a thermostat <laughs> <laughs> with, like um mercury rectal with my, with thermom- either way, <laughs> yeah. um, but, either way yeah. it would
1: make life simpler that's <laughs> all i'm saying
0: as as do digital thermometers so uh, well i let me, let's just say so so i have become more techie in some ways although part of the idea of the supernote is to free you from being laptop and smartphone and ipad dependent so let, let's just say i'm more techie but in a subversive ironic way <laughs> Anyway, Scott asks, "Hey Jim, do you think you will start doing your sermon prep notes on your Smart Super Note? So instead of bringing papers up to the pulpit, you will bring your Smart Note." Howland Wolf, Scott, thank you for that, Scott. So it really is super nice with my with my sermon writing, whether commentaries, outlining that type of thing, and yeah. So before a month ago, when I got this the Super Note. I've saved over my twenty years of preaching zero of my notes because I started. It's all on four by six index cards. I've gone through thousands of them over the years. The very beginning when I started preaching, I started saving my note cards. But if I do, maybe fifteen note cards, uh, fifteen note cards a week but that's going to fill up the house pretty, pretty quickly. So I stopped. So all of those notes are saved, you know, archived in, in super right now. I'm not going to bring Supernote into the pulpit. And I, I used to preach with an iPad for a little while. Uh, Jessie, Until one of our kids. Yeah, yeah. One of our kids. I won't say who even <laughs> it, broke, shattered it. it. It was one of those things when she was uh, it was my fault for giving it to her. She was four or five, uh, I never let my kids touch the iPad, but on a tired Sunday afternoon, Jesse very sweetly said, Dad, can I watch a video on your iPad? And I was buffered down from a long Sunday morning. And I said, okay, Jesse, I'll give it to you, but go watch it in your room. Whatever you do, don't drop it. And she said, okay, I will not drop it. <laughs> and then, and then uh, I gave it to her. She walked down the hallway downstairs, and literally 10 seconds afterward, I heard this shattering. <laughs> It happens.
1: Yeah, you're the only one she's actually still the only one who uses your laptop to this day. True. So she it didn't like it you didn't scar her, which is a positive thing.
0: But I didn't rebuy because I I I can be forgetful on Sunday mornings. So if if, if people have seen me before after a service frantically pace around saying, Where's my water bottle? I don't wanna to have to do that for my iPad as well. So When I was preaching with the iPad, I was constantly having to keep track of like where did I put it? Is it in a secure spot? If it's not on my person, so I actually prefer bringing paper into the pulpit, and it helps solidify my. Because there's no
1: way to lose paper.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If I lose paper, that's fine. If I lose an iPad, that's fine. There, there there is an irony there. I was talking with Matt Lloyland from Liberty Harrisburg last week, doing some sermon prep, and he looked at my what I bring into the pulpit, my sermon notes. And he's like, what is that? And I'm like, well, it's a very specific sermon note system that I, that I have developed over the years. And he said, can you actually preach from that? And so I like t- walked him through what what, what the hieroglyph <laughs> means. Um, but, but, but we laughed at the irony that I use Keynote for putting these sermon slides together, which, which is designed to be uh, you know, screen sharing like digital presentations, but I use you You're know, really funny for analog printing out of Dunder Mifflin paper, so ironic. But thank you, Scott. Great question. Keep those super note questions coming in. There, there is one of the people that I and we and we gotta go, but mm-hmm. uh, the one I was researching what e ink should I buy an e ink tablet, and if so, which one. One of the YouTubers that posts a ton about how he uses his supernote note is a, an Episcopal priest in England. Oh, so, no. So maybe I could be, maybe that's my side hustle. <sighs> a supernote YouTuber. So, yeah.
1: And with that. Wait, wait. Just, <laughs> you, you told me it was, we
0: were finished. Podcast us, interrupt us. The, uh, just just want to give another another. I try not to use podcast cliche, so I was going to say shout out or shouts to. But the John Travis Five Golden Things. It's that, a good that, one. The dropped is a great one. Top five memories. John put a lot of thought and effort into putting together what he was going to say. So that dropped Especially since he ago. had tried
1: so hard to like block it out from his memory. <laughs> That's not true.
0: The, but <laughs> this afternoon I'm recording with Pat a... Five lowlights from the early so yeah, days. Yeah, those are the things pod, you've tried pod, to block pod, out of your podcast. memory. And that's that's gonna draw. I don't think I should this, listen to that this, one. <laughs> this Friday morning, there are gonna be four like jokey fails, but one I'm actually gonna start crying a little bit. Ugh. Um, so we'll see. And also gonna be filming with Pat, just to to tease. Watch our socials this week. We're gonna do some on location filming this afternoon. Mm,
1: are you gonna be wearing your well. ponytail?
0: I I, I should think about my outfit.
1: (laughs) Show up sweaty. (laughs) Love it. Okay. And with that, how was it?
0: That was amazing. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been the Post-Sunday Blues, a preaching post-mortem, a production of Liberty Collingswood. Go ahead, rate, review, and subscribe, and you can find all things Liberty Collingswood at libertycollingswood.org. No more Post-Sunday Blues. Here comes some pre-Sunday happy.